Greetings in Jesus' name. Um, <clears throat> as Joshua said, uh, because of the Gladys hymn sing, um, some of us need to be uh, uh, leaving very shortly after church. And so in light of that, I, I hope not to take uh, too much time with the message. In fact, maybe cut it a little short, but I won't make a promise of that because well, some of you know, know me, <laughs> and sometimes uh, I think, you know, I'm going to have something short, and it ends up being longer than I expected. But I, I uh, so I, I may kind of rush through some things uh, w with that in mind. I was ordained as a minister in 1993. I think it's, what, 22 years ago? And I'm sh sharing a... Uh, a subject this morning, a part of a subject, I should say, a small part of a subject. Um, and on this subject, I've this will be only the third time I've preached about it in those 22 years. And yet it's something that um, the Mennonites are known for. And so I, I'm really ashamed of that. And... Uh, There's reasons that, or probably excuses that preachers don't preach on it very often. Yeah, it's it's excuses, and so I'm I'm sorry. And it has to do with uh, our personal appearance, our personal appearance. But a real small, specific area of it this morning, and you'll see uh, uh, where I'm going here j just shortly. Uh, I'll just say this: the um, the second time I preached about it was just uh, uh, some months ago when I put this little book in, in your mailboxes, and um, and um, then we the message was basically kind of a, a quick overview of, the, of this little book booklet. That that was only the second time I'd ever had a message solely de de devoted to personal appearance. <clears throat> this is what happened the first time I preached one, and I don't know exactly what year it was. It was a long time ago. Um, a mother and a father and a, and a child that were members here uh, called me to their house afterwards. And just to put in general words, they raked me over the coals for, for the message. See the excuse I had for not preaching it again for a while. <laughs> and, and yet I don't remember a lot of what they said, but what I remember is they challenged the word of God. They had their own personal interpretation of the plain word of God. I do remember that part. And I can tell you exactly the verses. Uh, that, uh, but uh, I invite you to uh, 1 Peter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. As I said, I, I'm really looking at a, at a small part of, of this subject this morning, and you'll see momentarily uh, where I'm where I'm aiming at. First Peter and chapter five. I'd like to read uh, verses five to seven. First Peter five five to seven. Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Yea, all of you be subject one to another. And be clothed with humility, for God resisteth the proud, and giveth grace to the humble. 
Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. The title of the message this morning is right out of verse 5, and it is this, be clothed with humility. Now, right away you'll say, well, it's not talking about dress here. That's exactly right. It's not talking specifically about dress. It has to include that, I'm saying this morning. Because... How can we claim to be humble and at the same time create an appearance that says, look at how I got your attention. How can we claim to be humble and create an appearance that says, look at me? Or that says, look how cool I am. Or that says, Look how I dare to be. How can we claim to be living in humility and create an appearance that says, look how I break the rules. How humble is that? The Bible says, be clothed with humility. I didn't choose the word clothed there, and you didn't either. Uh, Peter chose that word, I'm sure, with a reason. And yes, he was not talking specifically about our dresses and shirts and pants. But how can you divorce the thought from that if you know what, if you're honest with what humility means? if you're honest with what being humble means. And the Bible doesn't divorce, doesn't separate humility in our clothing either at other places. And we will look at some of those. If you turn back just a page, and depending on how your Bible's laid out, you may may not have to turn at all. 1 Peter chapter 3, chapter 3 of first Peter. I like to read the first four verses. First Peter chapter three, the first four verses. Likewise ye wives be in subjection to your own husbands that if they obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives. While they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning? Let it not be that of the outward adorning of plating the hair and of wearing of gold or of putting on of apparel. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price.
this little booklet that we just took a quick overview of uh, back some months ago, I would just like to read a, a few little paragraphs in one, just one section. <clears throat> and, you know, if you take out the scripture, which we will look at the scripture in our, turn to it in our Bibles, but if you take out the scripture, it's only probably about a page and a half of this little book. So follow closely as I read. He started out with various principles concerning adorning the temple of God. And one of them was this. God desires that we use our bodies for his glory and not our own glory. God's will and man's sinful desires conflict with each other. Fallen man wants to display his pride of life, his height of station, and the value of his wallet by expensive clothing, costly jewelry, or a well-styled haircut. God wants his children to shine with spiritual beauty flowing from inner holiness. Flashy personal appearance mars this inner beauty and focuses people's attention on flesh rather than on spirit. You understand the terminology there. When he used the word flesh, he doesn't mean my skin. He means it focuses people's attention on, on material things the word flesh is used that way various times in the Bible. It focuses people's attention specifically on our clothes rather than on our spirit. <clears throat> Even in Old Testament times when God overlooked some jewelry and other unnecessary ornaments, God showed his distaste for extras that displayed pride. When God wanted the Israelites to humble them themselves in, in his presence, he asked them to lay aside their ornaments Reading from Exodus 33, Therefore now put off thy ornaments from thee, that I may know what to do with thee. And the children of Israel stripped themselves of their ornaments by the Mount Horeb. Exodus 33, 5 and 6. Later in Israel's history, God denounced their pride and pointed out the vanity of their many ornaments. And so at this point, I'd like for us to turn to Isaiah chapter 3. Isaiah in chapter 3. <clears throat> you see in this passage how pride is expressed in one's outward appearance. God said it in his word. Isaiah chapter 3, I read verses 16 through 24. Isaiah 3 beginning at verse 16. Moreover the Lord said, because the daughters of Zion are haughty, haughty, and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes, walking and mincing as they go, and making a tinkling with their feet. Therefore the Lord will smite with a scab the crown of the head of the daughters of Zion, and the Lord will discover their secret parts. In that day the Lord will take away the bravery of their tinkling ornaments about their feet, and their calls and their round tires like the moon, the chains and the bracelets and the mufflers, the bonnets and the ornaments of the legs and the headbands and the tablets and the earrings, the 
rings and nose jewels, the changeable suits of apparel and the mantles and the whipping whipples and the crisping pins, the glasses and the fine linen and the hoods and the veils. And it shall come to pass that instead of sweet smell, there shall be stink. And instead of a girdle, a rent. And instead of well-set hair, baldness. And instead of a stomacher, a girding of sackcloth. And burning instead of beauty. The word of God says that was things that they were doing as an expression of their proud and haughty spirits. Continue to read a little more from the booklet here. God made a clear connection between the haughty, vain hearts of the Israelite women and their vain styles of clothing. 1 Peter 3, 1-4 shows where God desires the emphasis. Who's which we already looked at. Whose adorning, let it not be the outward adorning, but let it be the hidden man of the heart. Let's look at 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy in chapter 2. Just a couple of verses here in 1 Timothy 2. <clears throat> Um, verses 8, 9, and 10. 1 Timothy 2, 8, 9, and 10. I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. In like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel, with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Shamefacedness is a word that means, uh, depending on how it's used, uh, bashfulness. It means modesty. It means reverence. It means awe. Those things are certainly opposite of pride. Those things are humility and expressions of humility and humbleness. <clears throat> now, it's interesting, this big doctrines of the Bible that all of you are familiar with just because it's been around for so long. Um, Bible school classes have used it for certain classes for years. Um, and uh, the Mennonite church in general has, has used this a lot in various ways. It's interesting that in a section of the book on humility, it's not a section of the book on personal appearance. It's not a section of the book on dress. But on a, in a section of the book on humility, 
the writer brings out how our outward appearance has something to do with that. So I, I would simply like to read there's a couple of little paragraphs. Uh, this is in a section entitled Evidences of Humility. And uh, he has five different things here. One of, them, one of them being simplicity. This is what he says. This may be evident in the countenance, in manners, and in dress. A proud look springs not from a humble heart. A haughty bearing and pompous display in clothing are never the result of humility in the heart. Humble people are recognized by their, by their unassuming manners. And simplicity marks both their appearance and their daily habits. Boastfulness is absent from their speech. Worldly clothing has no part in their attire, and a look of we are the people is never found in their countenance. In that little middle sentence there, humble people are recognized by their unassuming manners. That means unassuming means not arrogant. It means in a modest way. Uh, not, not trying to display pride. Um, that's, that's a way of, that's, that's humbleness. Um, and yet, we can, it's just, it's just going about not trying to say anything, unassuming. And yet, we can dress our bodies in such a way that makes big, bold statements. And I suggested some of those near the beginning. In general, hey, look at me. And that kind of thing. We'll look at that a little more later. <clears throat> oh, I'm not done yet. Um, one other little thing, a little paragraph here on evidences of humility. And this one, uh, an evidence of humility is modesty. Besides the thoughts presented in the preceding paragraph, it may be added that the big eye is never on parade when the heart is filled with humility. Modesty is a natural fruit of humility as manifest in speech, in appearance, and in the absence of of self-conceit. <clears throat> I'm suggesting that our personal appearances can likely be interpreted as promotion of self and or pride when we appear in a number of ways. And I realize these things I've listed here, some of them over, overlap somewhat, but maybe it's good to say them in a, a few ways that maybe be closely connected to help, help me and you understand them more. So some personal appearances 
likely to be interpreted as a promotion of self and or pride. And uh, I didn't actually write numbers here on my paper, but maybe I'll, I'll number them as I go just to, uh, to help you realize I'm moving from one to the other. Not, and I did not try to put these in any particular order that I thought was of importance. Uh, I, I think they're all important. That's why I wrote them down. Uh, so you can arrange them however you want to. Number one, not considering the culture or the norm. If we don't consider what is, what is the, the, the culture or the norm, and, and I realize that's a big... I'm not talking about things that are sinful. I'm talking about the, the norm or, or the given culture in which we, 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 we live. Uh, let me give a couple examples. If we, if, we, if we don't stay within that, then we may, it may be interpreted as I'm trying to express my pride or myself or something. Okay. Um, Just to give you a couple of worldly examples. Back in the 60s, when, when the Beatles made their debut in, in England and their music quickly spread across the world, um, one thing they were breaking from culture, and that is at that time, uh, men wore very short hair. And, and for a, a while, if you wanted to be really with it, you had a flat top. But man's ha hair was very short. Anyway, he did it. Well, they came on the scene as a singing group with long hair. Rather than combing it back, it came down in their face and it was long around the sides and around their ears. But one thing they did not move from in their pictures to identify themselves, they wore their coats and ties. They knew that if they were going to be accepted around the world and accepted with people, they needed to dress up. And so they came across in the normal dress for the culture of the day, their coats and ties. Now, as years went on, I don't know what all they did, but that was how they began, at least. Another example, the president of the United States, let's say. There's a culture and there's a norm expected. Um, let's take it a little further to... to uh, the debates, okay, we've had a bunch of debates in, in, in the Republican side here recently. And I have not kept up with that close. But in the past, when you looked at pictures in the paper, how did they appear? How, they came with their coats and ties. There's a cultural norm. Now, none, if they wanted to be the president, wanted to be accepted by the people, they wouldn't come there with their... Bill Cap on and, and their barn shoes or something. No. That would set them out as, hey, what, what are you trying to do? We, we won't vote for you. I mean, what are you trying to be anyway? Don't you know how people are supposed to act? You know? And sometimes uh, the president of the United States may go out and... Uh, visit a farm or visit a construction site or something, and his picture will be in the paper. So in those situations, he may have more like work clothes on or something. But he won't appear there with his bill cap turned backwards 
Or if he's on a construction site where he had to wear a hard hat, he won't have it on sideways or something. Those people are not not trying to say, hey, look at me, I'm, I'm being stupid or something. You know. They, they want to uh, appear to the public as if they're, they know what the expectations are, what the cultural norm is, and, and they, if they want to be accepted uh, within the, the culture, then they, then they do accordingly. Number two, an area of personal appearance that may be interpreted, can be interpreted as promotion of self and pride. And that is uh, not considering one's church standard or brotherhood agreement. You know, like saying, you know, for some reason I want my name on the roll. For some reason I want to be a part of this group, part of this organization, part of this body. But... Uh, but I'll do things my own way. I'll make my own decisions on how I, how I look. Now, if that's not a promotion of self and pride, I'm not sure what you call it. You know, I stand out as, as a rebel, and I don't care. You know. That's far from humility. By the way, I talked about this before, and sometime I, I think I said I'd bring it. So I brought a subject, uh, a message once on, on submission, and I, I brought out the fact that, uh, just in passing, that I noticed in, in looking at that, uh, various times, humbleness and submission were right close together, side by side almost, in the scriptures. And uh, that might be something uh, uh, we can look into uh, some other time. <laughs> Humbleness and submission, how they, they're so closely related. A third uh, way that our personal appearance uh, can be interpreted as promoting self and pride, uh, personal effects, simply to be different or be noticed by others. If you want to go to the world for that, you know, uh, tattoos. Tattoos are, were mentioned in our Sunday school class today. You probably don't know why, <laughs> why that came about, but it was. Uh, um, studs in people's lips and noses and ears and stuff. I mean, they probably feel real comfortable. That's why the person wanted to do it, right? Yeah. No, I mean, it's there for us to see. It's there for you to see if you meet them on the street or in Walmart, or in Windmill Farm Bake Shop. It's there for me to see. It's an expression of, hey, look at me. It has nothing to do with, with humility. Number four, um, personal appearances that can be interpreted as pride or, or, or self-centeredness. Uh, it may be loud colors or, or, or certain patterns or large patterns or something. Um, so when, when the Amish and the Beaches decided uh, years ago that they wanted their people to wear solid colors, um, 
we're all probably sure that the ministry or the churches, I shouldn't just say the ministry, the churches that, that came with that and agreed on that didn't plan for that to mean uh, big flashy colors. But yet I've, I've known that some, I went to a church one time where there was people from the Amish background and, and uh, even though they weren't in that church anymore, they had uh, tried to respect some of their family and stuff and so they still wore solid colors. But it could be any, you know, it could be bright purple or bright red or something or, you know, or, you know, just so that everything on them was a solid color, then, then they, they were okay. Which, of course, didn't make sense if you understand what I'm saying, you see. <laughs> and so uh, loud colors and, and patterns can certainly, say, draw attention to, to self and would not be interpreted as an expression of humility. <laughs> Another one, number five personal appearances that can be interpreted as promotion of, of self or pride might be this, not respecting the feelings or conscience of others. That's a whole big subject in itself. It has, it, it's called the body of Christ. It's called the church, the body of Christ, where we, we do things together, we support each other, we respect each other, we feel for each other, we understand each other. That's, that's part of, that's the New Testament preaching right there. Uh, it, it, fitting together and appreciating each other in the body. And when I stand off to the side as a said body member and act so differently and decide I'm going to look so differently than what's expected or what's the cultural norm in my group or something, then that certainly can be interpreted as an expression of, of self and pride. <clears throat> the last one I listed was just simply this, not dressing appropriate for the occasion. Not dressing appropriate for the occasion. Um, there again, you know, um, the American public would have been disappointed if these men vying for the presidency of the United States would come to the, the view of the TV and the view of the world in those debates in their barn clothes or something or in their hunting clothes or something. Um, that would certainly be a wrong expression to, to the American people. That's who, that's who they want. They, they want the American people's vote. And they want their support. And so they're not going to do anything foolish or say, look how brave I am or look how defiant I am, you know, when the American people know that these men should be dressed up in their dark suits and, and, and white shirts and, and so forth. This is the way we do it in America, you know. And so they're not going to be so foolish as to come and just stand out like a sore thumb in such a situation. And so I'm, I'm, I'm suggesting when, when we dress like that, when, when we dress inappropriate for the occasion, it's the, how can it be interpreted other than an expression of self or pride? Like, hey, look at me. I dare to do this. I would like to close by looking at two scriptures 
uh, just reading them and, and not making any comment on them. Isaiah 57, first of all. Isaiah 57. Uh, just one, one verse in Isaiah 57. And that is verse 15. Isaiah 57, 15. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit. To revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Now I'd like to look at a few verses in Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I'll read the first three verses and then read verses 13 to 16. Ephesians 4, the first three verses, first of all, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 13, Till we all come in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro, and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Be clothed with humility. We'll sing now as a closing song number 279. 279, the song leader will come and lead us at this time.